and this episode we talk festivals with Lady Heather Killen. We also take a sneak peek into the world of fairies with Kenny Klein. Who are you kidding? Don't play Mercury Retrograde. You're just not that articulate. The Modern Witch Podcast is about to start. Joining us today in the studio is Heather Killen, and Heather is a third-degree gardenerian high priestess, a proud Irish witch, and a festival organizer for the Earth Warriors Festival. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks. So, first off, can you tell us a little about you, and, you know, what's your story? Well, um, I'm a practicing witch of over 16 years. I was raised in the church, um, found the lack of uh, feminine balance to be unacceptable, and uh, in college, found the craft. Um, I'm a mom of two very active boys, former police officer. I do work in the Ohio prisons and um, many of the hospitals also in the area, and own two stores called the Violet Flame Gifts. What is EWF all about? The Earth Warriors Festival is about a coming together of all the guardians and warriors of the various pagan paths, all of the earth-centered paths, to celebrate our similarities and learn from our differences. Um, it is, it's a festival for people who get it. A lot of times when you're at a pagan festival, you can be surrounded by your brothers and sisters from the pagan path and still feel alone, like they just don't quite get it. And so this is a safe place for people to come together and honor spirit and learn and celebrate and let their hair down a little bit, too. You know, one of the things that I've, I found was a really big draw for me um, in going to EWF was that I traveled the circuit. I've seen, you know, hundreds of festivals. I've been to a lot of festivals. I actually met you on a festival circuit uh, when you were traveling with your store. And one of the things about EWF that I really, really liked was that it was all about spirit, and and that's a really strong message in in the festival. Um, so, all right, so you're a busy woman, um, and you are organizing a four-day festival. What inspired you to organize this festival? Um, oh, many years ago, I was at a, I was at another pagan festival with the shop, and. Um, one of the things that really gets on my nerves with community is when the badgering back and forth of, oh, my tradition is better than your tradition, or my tradition is older than your tradition, or people who are so locked into their heads and into their egos that they can't let their heart come forward. And so I was at a festival where there were some warriors from another tradition, and we got to talking, and it, it clicked, you know. Out of, out of all these different subsets, the warriors and the guardians, they understand. There's no competition between traditions because we understand that we're all doing the same job. We're just doing it in different ways. And so there's no competition between with, with dogma. There's, there's no competition of ego. It's simply a camaraderie, like a brotherhood and a sisterhood of you're doing the same job I am, 
He may be doing it in a little bit different way. We can trade tips back and forth, and and there's an honor there. There's an integrity there that you find with the warriors and guardians that you don't always find with um, some of the people who are so locked into their heads that um, they don't actually get any work done. So, Heather, what if I was interested in going to this festival, but I don't identify as a warrior? Um, what about those people? Warriors and guardians um, sometimes get a bad rap. Um, they think it's all machismo and just, you know, all force and people wanting to throw down. And that's really, really not what the Warriors and Guardians path is all about. Um, I think all pagans can can agree that the earth is our mother. Even if they don't agree that the earth is our mother, they can at least agree that this is home for now, and we all have to play in the sandbox well together. And just like how, how many of our mothers growing up would tell us, you know, if you don't go up and clean up your room, I'm going to take a trash bag up there and clean it up. Why would Mother Earth be any different if we don't start cleaning up our own rooms and taking care of our own space and, and nurturing the earth and living in a greener way and putting down boundaries when we need to put down boundaries? Then she's going to bring the trash bag in and we're going to lose a lot of things. That's something I can definitely agree with. So EWF has gotten quite a reputation for having one of the best music lineups each year. Who can we look forward to seeing this year? We have definitely been blessed with our with our bands and with our wonderful pagan musicians. Um, this year, we're very, very happy to have Kenny Klein coming in. And uh, we love Kenny. He's, he's an amazing, amazing man. Kellyanna is coming back again. She is a wonderful sister woman, and her heart and her talent is, is astounding. Um, Gypsy Nomads will be coming in to play also, and so will Balku and the Image Afrobeat Band. A lot of people don't know about Afrobeat music and the synergy of that, but one of the things we like to do at EWF is kind of open people's eyes to other things that maybe they haven't, they haven't been aware of or haven't experienced. So who else is going to be presenting this year? Who, who's facilitating these workshops? We have a killer lineup again this year. Um, we have MR Sellers um, coming back again uh, this year. Merv was with us the first year of the festival, and um, he's, he's, he's awesome. Um, Carlo Hawkwalker um, is also coming back again this year. Carlo carries, carries some serious medicine. Um, he's a bundle keeper, and he's the pipe carrier for Sitting Bull's Peace Pipe. Uh, Reverend Robin will be there again this year, teaching sacred geometry and how to create earth healing grids. Terry Riviera will be there. Um, Alaric Alberson, Taryn Martin, Bernadette Montana is coming in from New York. Um, Joy Wedmedic, who is um, she's an IFA for Regla de Ocha. Um, and her husband, um, Alex Wedmedic, who Alex is a fantastic drummer. Um, Seamus uh, Dillard, um, who's the head druid. He'll probably correct me on that. I think he's the senior druid for the Three Cranes ADF Grove. Um, and the, the list goes on. Each year, um, 
and and this is such a blessing to be able to say each year we have to tell people we're we're full each year we've had to tell musicians we're full let's book you for next year and and the same with presenters so the call and the message of earth warriors has, has definitely been received well by those who do lead and those who do share and give of their time and um, we're blessed that that they find a home with us you know for a few days each year so as the festival organizer what are you most proud about this festival that's a hard question um i think it's that so many people come together and connect um they connect on a level that you know maybe they haven't connected with before we've had We've had babies come out of Earth Warriors. We've had marriages come out of Earth Warriors. We've had people who normally um, maybe wouldn't have met or it would have taken more time for them to meet. Um, by creating that, that safe place and sending the call out as loud as we can, um, the people who respond to that, they, they have a resonance with each other and they get to connect on the soul level. And I think that is, that is a beautiful thing. The other part that um, that I'm I'm very proud of and will always be foremost with Earth Warriors is spirit is always spirit always comes first. Um, it is you won't find hollow rituals and empty words at Earth Warriors. You find people who walk their walk and talk their talk, and um, we have altars set up all over the place. It's it, it really is a, a wonderful, heartfelt experience. Heather, so many paths and traditions are represented at the Earth Warriors Festival. Can you tell us why the Earth Warriors Council thought it was so important to represent all of these traditions? We, we represent as many different traditions and, and ask um, as many presenters from different traditions to come in as possible because we know that, that the job of, of the spiritual warrior, the spiritual guardian, it isn't limited by dogma. It isn't limited by tradition. It's, it's a call that, that comes from spirit, and it hits you right in the heart. And because of that, in, in many different cultures and many different traditions, um, people train and learn in different ways. And at the end of the day, Everyone is human, and we're all just spirit incarnate, so tradition doesn't matter. It's the work. The work is what matters. Heather, as the organizer, what do you feel is the big draw to the festival? I mean, why do people search out the Earth Warriors Festival? Um, the Earth Warriors Festival is what, what I feel and what the council feels that, that a, a spiritual festival should be. Um, it's it's a lot of education. It's a lot of work. We're not um, we're not one of the revel fire kind of festivals, you know, where you stay in your tent and maybe mill around with your friends and then head off to the bonfire at the end of the night. Earth Warriors is definitely the kind of festival where there is a constant, nonstop speed of information coming in and being shared by our elders of different traditions. There's a lot of connection. There's a lot of heart. And, and there is a fire at the end of the night, and there's a lot of good music. And uh, we work hard, and we play hard, and it is definitely an experience. 
So, Heather, you're a witch, um, and you're a very proud Irish witch. Um, what what would <laughs> absolutely? Um, so, what what's the draw for witches? Why would witches specifically want to come to the Earth Warriors Festival? Well, like I said before, heart leads, and um, and we're not afraid to do what needs to be done. Um, it's ran by um, predominantly witches who do sit their alder. Um, there are a lot of people who talk a lot, and then there are people who do a lot. And uh, what we try and focus on is, is creating that space where people can do and people can experience and people can recharge and, and not feel alone, especially with witches. A lot of times you feel so alone. And, and this, is, this is a sanctuary. This is a holy place that people can come together. Our site where we hold this festival, uh, we've been blessed with. It's, it's four miles from one of the ancient sites here in Ohio called Fort Ancient. And Fort Ancient was a stronghold. It was a place of neutrality. It was a place to balance karma. Um, it, was, it was a place for, for the wounded healers, or for the wounded warriors to come in and for the wounded healers to come in. And uh, we're blessed to, to be able to use that to use that space and to honor that land there and to call upon our ancestors. And when we dance around the fire at the end of the night, because some people have, have problems slipping their skin and dancing, uh, we remind them that when you dance, you know, you dance to honor your ancestors. You dance to honor the, the gift of life that we've been given, which is the most amazing blessing in the world. And so many people think that there is, there is this promise of tomorrow. Well, we're not given a guarantee of tomorrow. We still plan for it, but there's no guarantee for tomorrow. So when we're there and we're there in that moment and we're hearing these things and we're feeling these things, then we live in that present moment as fully and as impeccably as we can. Absolutely. That's very well put. So what kind of response have you actually gotten from the pagan community about the festival? The community loves it. Um, the people who have, who have come, we actually have a lot of um, attendees who don't go to other festivals or who had gone to other festivals and found them found them lacking in, in some way, whether that be in spirit, in, in organization, or what have you. But we have many people who, who come to our festival who really don't go to other festivals, and they, they love Earth Warriors. They love the experience there. Um, they love that, that spirit does come first. No reasonable request is ever denied, you know, um, like I, I think I had said it before, we work hard and we play hard, and um, it's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful experience and it's a beautiful time. So Heather, there's a little controversy about one of the rules and regulations of Earth Warriors, and that's that you have to be 21 and up to attend. Can you explain why that that is the case versus these other festivals? That hey, you know, if you can come, you can come. Well, there are, there are a few reasons for why, why the council came to, to that agreement that you have to be 21 and up. 
Um, one of them is that many of us do go to other festivals that are billed as family festivals, and we see these parents who just kind of let their kids run loose, and um, they think that because they're at a festival that their children are safe. And then inevitably, somewhere through through the course of the week, we'll find out that there's a pedophile on site, and we run them off as quick as we can. We don't have to worry about that with the 21 and up rule. Um, but the two main reasons that, um, that it is 21 and up, one is because of our insurance. Our insurance would be vastly more expensive if we allowed minors in. And one insurance agency actually told me that we would have to run um, rather expensive background checks on all our presenters and all of our staff if we allowed minors on site. And my response to that was evidently the Catholic Church doesn't need to do this, but uh, pagans do, which did not make me very happy. The other reason for it is, and this is a reason that's very close to my heart because I am a mother, children shouldn't have to worry about guardian work. Children shouldn't have to worry about warrior work. That's what the adults are for. And the adults need to step up to the plate and, and understand this. And this also gives us safe adult space where we don't have to worry about, you know, is there a kid running through the field crying, looking for their mom? Because I know that hits me right in the heart. I, I don't take my children to festivals because I'm usually working and I need to focus on that. But whenever I see a kid who's, who's crying mommy, that's where my focus goes, and that's that's where my heart goes. And so since we are working on on learning and training and experiencing, to have that in the middle of the festival would, would totally blow my focus and would totally blow the focus of, you know, many parents that I know. Well, very well put. Of course, guys, I will be at Earth Warriors this year. Um, I'm flying out from California to go be a part of this amazing festival. So, Heather, before we go real quick, is there anything else that you'd like to say? If you hear the call and if you hear spirit knock, you've got to answer the door. You know, there's no time to say, wait a minute, or what if. You just have to go with it, and you have to understand that flow. And I think living in the moment and living with integrity is something that sometimes we all need to be reminded of and to let, to listen to the heart. Listen to your heart more than you listen to your fears. Listen to your heart and listen to spirit more than you listen to your ego or how is this going to make me look. Spirit knocks, you have to answer. And there's no other way to it because you might not get that knock again. So if we want to find out more about the Earth Warriors Festival, where can we find out more information? Oh, well, we are um, working on getting all over the place on the net. I am, I am not um, that technology savvy, so we're handing some of that off to some of our people who are. Um, our main site is www.earthwarriorsfestival.com. And I believe our lovely Luna is going to be changing the look of the website here pretty soon. Um, we're also on Facebook under the Earth Warriors Council. 
and we're on MySpace also. We also have a link um, on Pegan Space, which is a, a wonderful Pegan networking place that Starfire Price has created. And um, we can be contacted through those ways or through the old-fashioned mail system at uh, P.O. Box 4173, Newark, Ohio, 43058. Heather, thank you for being on the show. Um, again, guys, EWF is the festival to be at this year if you are a festival person. This is not like any other festival you're going to go to. And if you are a serious practitioner and you really want to branch out into the horizon of witchcraft and pagan spirituality, the Earth Warriors Festival is, is really, truly the place to be at this year. Uh, Heather, again, thank you for being on the show. It was, it's absolutely been a pleasure. And up next, guys, we have Kenny Klein. When you are searching for spirit, it's time to enter the Mystic Dream. We are a spiritual and magical marketplace in Walnut Creek, California, specializing in books, music, crystals, classes, and art to inspire the mind and delight the spirit. We are in our 20th year and are open seven days a week. We are proud to offer one of the most diverse selections of any store of our kind, whether you are into crystals, meditation, feng shui, Buddhism, witchcraft, santeria, channeling, angels, UFOs, the paranormal, alternative healing, or even just beautiful jewelry or inspiring art, the mystic dream has something for you. Can't find what you're looking for? Our friendly and knowledgeable staff is happy to assist you. Want to get a psychic reading or have a bodywork session? We provide a venue for some very talented psychics, intuitives, mediums, tarot readers, hand analysts, massage therapists, and more in an environment that is safe, uplifting, and magical. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon. Find us on the web at www.themysticdream.com. Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Hunter. With us, we have Kenny Klein, who is an author and a musician. Kenny, welcome to the show. Thank you. So congratulations on your new book, Through the Fairy Glass. Can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect to find in this book? Sure. Um, Through the Fairy Glass, basically a look at the folklore record of fairies. People tend to think of fairies as Tinkerbell, cute little things, you know, with wings. And um, as, a, as a musician who throughout my life has been doing traditional Irish and British Isles music, I've seen that folk songs and folk stories about fairies paint a very different picture of fairies than what people think of. So I wrote a book based on an examination, a look at these folkloric sources. And, um, you know, I did a lot of research that fairies are nasty little critters. <laughs> so what do you feel are the most common misconceptions about fairies? Well, I, I'm not sure if there is a most common misconception. I think that because of modern media, and this really started in the early 1900s with, uh, with Peter Pan, uh, the media tends to paint a picture of fairies as cute, adorable, winged, tiny creatures, um, and there's been a lot of media attention to this kind of fairy. Kangaroo Bell is probably the most obvious. Arthur Conan Doyle, in the early 1900s, 
uh, claimed to have found these two little girls in England who could see fairies, and there were photos of little winged dancing fairies flying around them. But this is not the picture of fairies that was painted for a thousand years in the folk songs. Fairies in those songs are usually, uh, they seduce humans, and then they will often either leave them and break their hearts or murder them. So they're, they're not very nice creatures. Um, there's, if you look at Shakespeare, for instance, Puck lives to harm humans and to do horrible mischief that screws with people's lives. Um, you know, he turns Bottom into a donkey, an ass, and uh, he makes the lovers all fall in love with the wrong person, so they chase each other around, and they're, they're, you, you wonder when you watch A Midsummer Night's Dream if they're going to stay like this for the rest of their lives. Of course, in the morning, everything is returned to normal in that play, but that's, that's sort of an optimistic look at fairies. <laughs> Have you yourself had any interactions with fairies? I have. Um, I describe in the book uh, an interaction I had. I grew up in New York, and I have always, growing up in New York, I always felt that there was a certain type of magic in the Mid-Hudson Valley. You could feel this very special sort of magical feeling. And, of course, Washington Irving wrote about that in his stories. They They all took place in the Mid-Hudson Valley. Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. Of course, Rip Van Winkle is about a Dutch settlers meeting with fairies in those exact woods. And I did, in the book, I describe uh, a time, had an experience where I saw a fairy creature. And I'd always been interested in fairies, and, and the folklore had always been very important to me, but that really cemented my relationship with fairies, I guess. Kenny, you are the head of a band called Odds Bodkin, which is a mix of gypsy, Celtic, bluegrass, and folk music. But you also have Mm -hmm. several solo albums featuring your championship violin and fiddle music. When did you first Mm -hmm. pick up the fiddle? Oh, uh, they invented dirt about a week after I picked up the fiddle. Um, (laughs) As a kid, as a little kid, eight years old, I started on the string bass, the orchestral bass in school. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to school in a time and a place when they actually had a music program at my school. Um, so I started on the orchestral bass, and uh, that was in elementary school. And I also started playing the guitar on my own. So I was playing classical music at school and rock and roll at home. And when I was in junior high school, I wanted to play the fiddle. In fact, I had always wanted to play the violin. When When the guy came to my school with the string instruments, to introduce the program to us, I wanted to play the violin, but he looked at me. I was a big kid. I was fat. And he said, you have big hands. I'm going to put you on the bass. Well, it turns out they needed bass players in New York. So I played bass through elementary school, and then I went to junior high, and I went to the string teacher, and I said, uh, I really want to play the violin. And he said, what do you play now? And I said, the bass. And he said, I'm going to put you on the cello. So I spent junior high playing the cello. Then I got to high school, and the guy said, what do you play? And I said, Ch- I play the violin. So they put me on the violin, finally. But um, I And I played guitar on my own through that whole time. But the, the violin had always been an interest. And when I was a little kid, my father listened to, nowadays I say country western, but he listened to western music. He listened to singing cowboys like Roy Rogers and 
the Sons of the Pioneers. And I guess I was influenced by the fiddle on those records, and I wanted to play like that. And then in uh, New York, I lived in an Irish neighborhood, and uh, I was exposed to Irish fiddling. And so when I finally got switched to the violin in high school, that's what I learned was Irish fiddle playing. I used to go to the, the sessions with the old off-the-boat Irish guys, and they would teach me how to play. On your album, Little Birds of Desire, you have a song called Epona. What inspired you to write this song? Epona. Uh, Epona is a horse goddess, as you probably know. Um, worshipped one of the very few goddesses ever worshipped by the British and also the Romans. Um, and I had experiences with her in ritual. And uh, I I don't like to use the word channel because it, I think it's a little flaky. But I, I have episodes where I sit down to write a song and some greater force, one of the gods, will sort of put a song in my head. I don't know how I got there, and it just sort of comes out. I guess inspiration is the best word I can use. But anyway, that's how that song got written. I, I sat down to write a song, and the next thing I knew, there was Epona. And I said, oh, man, look at that song. How interesting. Then it took me a year to learn it. I wrote it, and it took me a year to learn how to sing and play it. So it was um, it, yeah, it came from something other inspired through me, but not of me. Maybe I suppose I could say. Not that I'm plagiarizing Epona. I you know I really wrote the song. Um, but yeah, so it's about the horse goddess Epona and about not my own personal experience, but about the experience of a young man who sort of pledges himself to her after meeting with her on the beach one day and spends the rest of his life sort of pining away and able to love a mortal woman because he loves his goddess. Okay, well, let's take a listen. There's a tune, cakes of oats and barley. They say a girl rides there with skin white and fair. Come to the water and dance with me. Brown chestnut eyes like the mane of a mare. Cakes of oats and barley. So down to the water, I walked in the night. Come to the water and dance with me With offerings of apples and tunes on the pipe Cakes of oats and barley The full moon rose over and the stars that shone long Come to the water and dance with me The world was all tied and the tune of my song Cakes of oats and barley Now 
that I dreamed on the strand. Come to the water and dance with me. The fair legged mare's flank at the touch of her hand. Cakes of oats and barley. She sang with my pipe in the voice of the lark. Come to the water and dance with me. Held me under her cloak in the tide swirling dark. Cakes of oats and barley. Now, Kenny, you and I have something in common. We both have Hungarian gypsy heritage. Um, on uh-huh. your album, Moons and Muses, there is a song called The Old Woman Was a Gypsy. And this song always mm-hmm. puts a smile on my face. Um, and the lyrics to the chorus goes as follow. Oh, Sarah, do you ever long for the campfires? Do you ever long for the sound of the rain on your tin roof, on the tin roof of your wagon? How I wish I'd known you picking lilacs on the mountains, now staring out the window at the city in the rain. So, mm-hmm. Kenny, did you know a woman? Well, yeah, I know her very well. She was my father's mother, my grandmother. And uh, the family secret that the song talks about was that my grandmother was a gypsy. She got out of Europe by marrying a Jew and converting to Judaism and coming to America with him. Uh, but she, I guess, what really got me started with the whole interest in the occult was that she used to sort of, she'd take me in her kitchen at night and teach me to read fortunes with playing cards. And she'd say little things that didn't mean much to me at the time, but I learned later that they were spells or, you know, uh, ominous gypsy things. So, uh, yeah. So I'm a quarter gypsy, I guess, on my father's side. <laughs> 
So Sarah was my grandmother. Let's take a listen to that song. It was a family secret that the old woman was a gypsy. The old woman from the mountains where the wolves run free. A little girl from Hungary who once spent nights in a wagon listening to the sounds of the horses and the cymbal and play. Oh, Sarah, do you ever long for the campfires? Do you ever long for the sound of the rain on the tin roof of your wagon? How I wish I'd known you picking lilacs on the mountains, not staring out the window at the city in the rain. No more the sword of the chalice no more the stave and the moon coin No more nights by the campfires Singing in Saganya When you traveled over the ocean When you learned to speak in Yiddish When you wore your hair unfastened When they taught you how to read Oh, Sarah, do you ever long for the campfires? Do you ever long for the sound of the rain On the tin roof of your wagon? How I wish I'd known you Picking lilacs on the mountains Not staring out the window At the city in the rain Of the wolf's cry Somewhere A child was crying Somewhere Was the crying of a fiddle And the men laughed as they gambled From the shadows By the fire Thought I heard somebody call you A pretty little girl with a colored skirt Your hair tied eye behind you A tenement in Brooklyn Where the neighbors whisper low in Russian Where the coffee tastes like water And the doors lock in your soul Laid in the secret of moonlight Soft in the quiet of your kitchen The coin and the stave and the chalice Speak the language of the mountains Oh, Sarah, do you ever long for the campfires? Do you ever long for the sound of the rain On the tin roof of your wagon? How I wish I'd known you Picking lilacs on the mountains Not staring out the window At the city in the rain It was a family secret That the old woman was a gypsy
In your album, Fairy Queen, you take a different approach to the production from your other albums. And this album mm-hmm. is a collection of your music, and each song of the album was redone in a dark wave electronic style. What sparked this change in musical style for you? Well, I like to experiment. That's just how I am. Um, I'll record a song in an acoustic style, the way I would play it with my Renfair band. And then after I've listened to it a while, I'll say to myself, you know, that could that would sound good in this style, you know, whatever this style is. Um, and I had, I, I'm very into the goth scene, especially the music. I, some of my very favorite bands are Rasputina. I love Rasputina. Susie and the Banshees, um, Morrissey and the Smiths. Uh, that's stuff that I listen to and I like a lot. I even like stuff like Marilyn Manson. I, I kind of get onto the, the edge of industrial. So um, I was working with a singer named Lori Whatley at the time, and, you know, she's credited on the CD, and she and I both liked that style of music very much. So I decided to take a little departure and record a CD using more of a dark wave style. I had just set up a home recording studio, so I had all these gadgets and buttons to play with. And um, there's a... Uh, in, in recording that style, especially for bands like um, Delirium, who is a big favorite band of mine, um, there's a lot of sampling. They'll take a sound and they'll uh, electronically or digitally reproduce it over and over again to, to create a rhythm track or a backing track. And I wanted to experiment with doing that. So uh, that's how that album came to be. And the the singer that I was working with liked that kind of music very much. She got into it. So it just sort of, it happened really more than I didn't plan it as much as it, it just sort of happened as I experimented with, with this dark wave style. Um, and there's some, all that's the album that has most of my funny stuff on it. It's got Marie is not a Catholic anymore. It's got queen of the undead. It's got the black widow, which is a very tongue in cheek song about, the evils of dating goth girls. Um, and it also has very serious stuff. It has the fairy queen. It has Epona in a, in a dark wave version. It has um, Lorelei in a dark wave version. So um, I, I think it's, it's an album of extremes for me. It's an extreme as far as the way it's recorded, and it's extreme as far as the very lighthearted stuff uh, mixed with the very serious, uh, lyrically serious kind of stuff. Okay, well, let's take a listen to the title track, Fairy Queen.
shadow of the ancient mother that on the wings of autumn dwells. Fairy queen that claims the harvest, yours the red fruit of the vine. Thank you for coming on the show today. Um, can you tell the listeners where we can find out more about you? Well, sure. Um, I have a website, www.kennycline.net, and Klein is spelled K-L-E-I-N, like the underwear. Um, and you can go to my website. I also have a MySpace, which is myspace.com slash music. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. So you can reach me a ton of different ways. Uh, the KennyKlein.net site has all of my CDs with a sample track that you can play from, or even download from each CD. Um, I'm on iTunes. You can just type in KennyKlein into iTunes, and uh, there's a bunch of my songs there. So, and you can find me at various Renaissance fairs, pagan festivals. This year, I'll be doing Southern California Renaissance Fair, which starts this weekend, and then I'll be doing. Um, Free Spirit uh, Festival, which is a pagan festival in Maryland. Uh, I will be doing um, the Summer Solstice Festival at Wisteria in Ohio. Uh, I'll be doing Sirius at Brushwood in New York. I'm not confirmed yet for Starwood, but I suspect I will be there. Um, I've been doing Starwood for centuries now, so I imagine I'll be at Starwood. Uh, and I'm hoping to be at Gen Con, which is the world's largest gaming convention. I play music there every year. Uh, so I'm pretty easy to find if one goes looking for me. Okay. Well, uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, hey, no problem. All right. We're going to hear more of Kenny's music towards the end of the show. 
But first, some uh, some thanks are needed. Again, thank you, Kenny Klein, for coming on the show. And as always, thank you, Heather Killen, for coming on the show and talking about the Earth Warriors Festival. Again, if you want to find out any information about that, it is www.theearthwarriorsfestival.com. Um, and Kenny Klein is www.kennyklein.com. You can find out more information about me at my at my website, which is devinhunter.net, Devin with an I. And uh, yeah, all right. Well, this is Diana's Moon by Kenny Klein, and I'll see you guys next week.
Like a bird.